Hello, Bridge Builders! I'm here with some exciting news. The first volume of interviews is now available on Amazon.com. The link can be found at eatlunchandboardgame.com. I promise that all proceeds from sales of this book will go right back into this podcast and channel. Whether that is new and better audio equipment for the podcast, or video equipment for the YouTube channel, or even more games to review, the money will not be wasted. Click over to Amazon and get your copy of Eat Lunch and Board Game, the first course today. And thank you for supporting the show. Welcome back to Eat Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins. As I not so cautiously jumped into this great hobby with both feet and no regard for my wallet, I not only became obsessed with playing games and buying games, but I also became obsessed with learning about more games to play and more games to buy. Obviously, one of the mainstays in the gaming scene is Watch It Played with Rodney Smith. In a really old episode of his, like episode 51 from something like six years ago, he showed how to play and then played against his children in IDW published game Machi Koro. I had heard about this game and wanted to know more about it. For anyone ever wanting to know how to play any kind of game, that is the go-to source for me, Watch It Played. Anyway, I watched the episodes and then promptly went out and bought the game. Machikoro currently holds a 6.6 rating on BoardGameGeek with over 27,000 ratings. It was designed by Maseo Suganuma with art by Noburu Hota, Ian Perovel, and Mirko Suzuki. What drew me into this game was the mechanic, the lack of downtime, and the fact that it played in 30 minutes, according to the box, and the base game played 2-4 to four players out of the box. So... Let's take a look at Machi Koro. Rule Clarity The rules are very straightforward and simple. The verbiage on the cards is very clear on how and when each are triggered and activated. Time to explain to newcomers. The rules are very simple and easy to explain. The active player rolls one or two dice and then the sum of those dice trigger any establishments owned and in play with that number. Then the active player can buy an establishment, pay the amount to build a landmark, which means flipping it over and gaining its advantage, or simply doing nothing if they don't have enough coins or choose to do nothing because they're saving up. The first player to flip over all their establishments wins. Gameplay To start, everyone takes a set of the four landmark cards and places them face down. That's the dark gray shaded side with the orange bulldozer on it face up. They also receive two starting establishments, a wheat field and a bakery. These two have a different colored back than the rest of the deck. They are placed face up. Then the 12 establishments are sorted into their own stacks and placed within easy reach of all players. The establishments are activated when the number on the top is rolled. The cost is the number on the bottom in the coin symbol. This seems to be one of the hardest things to remember. Which number means what? Now, there are four colors of establishments, and each color is activated slightly differently, and this is the key mechanic of the game. The blue establishments pay the owner whenever its number is rolled by anybody. For instance, at the start of the game, everyone receives one coin when a one is rolled for owning the wheat field. 
the green establishments only pay out when you roll that number. Again, at the start of the game, only the active player would get paid when a two or three is rolled for owning their bakery. Red establishments pay out when someone else rolls the number. If a three is rolled by an opponent, then the opponent must pay the owner of the cafe one coin. Then there are the purple establishments. In the base game, they typically cause opponents to pay the active player. For instance, the stadium yields two coins from every player when its owner rolls a six. Other than the purple ones, you can own as many of each establishment as you want as long as there's some remaining to be bought. And the effects stack. So if you own three ranches and a two is rolled by anyone, you get three coins. That's one for each ranch. If you roll it, however, and have two bakery cards, you will receive three for the ranches and two for the bakeries for a total of five coins. This works for all of the colors except, like I said, for the purple. So you could owe someone a lot of coins if they had a lot of cafe establishments. Some of the establishments play off others. For instance, the Cheese Factory pays three coins for every ranch you have whenever you roll a seven, and this too can stack. So having two Cheese Factories would yield an impressive six coins if you had just one ranch, or twelve coins if you had two of each. Once the active player rolls and coins are taken from the supply, paid out to opponents, or received from opponents, then the active player has the option to purchase one of the available establishments, or they could flip over a landmark activating its special ability, or they could simply just pass the dire dice to the next player. The next player goes, and this continues until someone has flipped over the final landmark card. That person is the winner, and since you cannot flip a landmark unless it's your turn, there are no ties. Artwork. I love the artwork by this team of artists. I think it heightens the family appeal. It's not too cartoony or too realistic. It fits the theme, weight, and feel that Machikoro is going for. Other. For such a young game, there are some fun things you can get off Etsy. A 3D printed holder for the entire game slims down the amount of space and air from the original box. There is also a 3D printed holder for the coins, as well as 3D printed coins to replace your cardboard ones. My favorite thing, however, is the Visit Machikoro t-shirt. Why? It doesn't enhance the game, you say. I will not argue that it does not enhance the game, but the nerd factor is very high. And I can appreciate that. Now I must fight the urge and temptation to buy it. Expansions. I know I will say it again, but Machikoro the base game is a slightly broken game. Machikoro is the best example of expansions fixing the base game and making it become the best game it can be. One of the best aspects of the expansions, other than fixing the base game, is that they do not lengthen the game. It still plays in about 30 minutes no matter the player count or expansions used, and I can appreciate this immensely. The first expansion came out in 2012. In the Harbor expansion, three new landmarks are added to the game, the Harbor, Airport, and City Hall. City Hall is a pre-built landmark and offers one coin to the player if they have no coins at the start of their build phase. The Harbor and Airport are added in with ones from the base game, and now the winner must build all six landmarks. Just a word of caution, the Airport carries a cost of 30 coins, so the strategic decision here is... Do you build it first or last? 
The expansion also adds 10 establishments to build some of each color and the starting deck for a 5th player along with coins with a value of 20. To me, the biggest and best change with the expansion is the setup change. Instead of all the establishments available all the time, all the establishments are simply shuffled together and 10 are dealt face up. Now these must be 10 different ones, so if a duplicate is drawn, you just keep drawing and placing the subsequent establishments on top of the duplicate until you get 10 unique establishments. Two years later, Millionaire's Row was released in 2014. No new landmarks are added, so the game ends after the six are completed if you're playing with the Harbor expansion, and you should be. It does add a new mechanic, though, the renovation tokens. If you purchase a renovation company, when it activates, you choose a type of establishment and renovate it. This means that you place a renovation token on all players of that type, including your own. Now, next time it would activate, instead, it finishes its renovation and the token is removed. It did not pay out that time, but it will in the future. Watch out for the rush decision, though, to shut down a really good blue establishment. It can be renovated when anyone rolls its corresponding number. Millionaire's Row comes with 13 new establishments to just shuffle into the deck. It does require the new setup introduced in Harbor of the 10 unique face-up establishments. I just have my expansions shuffled in, and that has become the base game for my family and friends. And it is how I teach the game. Other editions. The Deluxe Edition. This is the edition that I have, and it came out in 2015. I found it on an extremely good ding and dent sale at a local game shop. It came in a dented tin, which is now even more dented from all of its travels. The tin contains the base game and both Harbor and Millionaire's Row expansions. I find that the base game really suffers from a few dominant strategies. These strategies then cause the game to really just come down to the dice rolls, eliminating strategy altogether. And all the strategies to win are mutually exclusive. So the first player to one strategy forces the next player to a different strategy, forcing the third player to yet a third strategy, and none of the strategies overlap. If a bunch of fours are rolling and you don't have the community center, then you are screwed and the person that has hoarded them is going to win quickly. The setup of just having the 10 different cards to choose from changes the dynamic of the game immensely. You no longer can just buy all the ranch cards and rely on a two to carry you to victory. By shuffling all the cards together, you only have the option to purchase one of the 10 cards showing, flipping one of your landmarks, or not buying a thing and saving your money to try to flip over that airport. It adds more randomness to the game, but it also adds a nice level of strategy. I don't want to give up my strategy, as I tend to win the game a lot, like 12 times in a row against my wife and son, but let's just say timing and number covering are key. Bright Lights Big City so Machi Koro Bright Lights Big City is an odd release. It started out as a Target exclusive, then it was released to other retailers. My first exposure to it was at Geekway. It changed the way you set the game up again. The cards are sorted according to their value, and only a certain amount of each type is flipped at a time. So cards activated 1 through 6 have 5 showing, and 7 and up have 5 showing. And then the purple cards only have 2 showing. All have to be unique in each row, but this changes the game a lot as higher valued cards are available all the time, as are cheaper lower number ones. Another significant change is the Moon Tower. It replaces the Radio Tower, and it grants you three dice to roll instead of two, but you pick which two are used. 
There is a Dice Tower promo card that you can get for the original game to replace the Radio Tower, and it does the same thing. It's just, it's kind of hard to find for a good price, so I have yet to find it and purchase it myself. Bright Lights Big City might be my favorite version of the game, which is odd to say because I do not own it. No reason other than I already had the Deluxe Edition, and it is well loved by my house. 5th Anniversary Edition 2017 this edition made a few changes to the base game, like bigger dice and plastic coins. I could not bring myself to spend the money on it. It is just the base game. So if you want the expansions, you have to track them down separately. This edition was made by Pandasaurus after they acquired the game from IDW. Two years later, Pandasaurus did Machikoro Legacy. I have not played this game personally, as it seems a bit weird that games played before affect the next one, but if I find it for the right price, or the right place, I might give it a try. Bang for the buck. I think that the only two available versions right now available for purchase are the 5th Anniversary Edition and the Legacy version. The 5th Anniversary Edition retails for $29.95, and it is well worth the money. However, this is just a reprint of the base game, and it does not include either of the expansions. Still though, it is worth the dough. Finding the expansions might be a bit more difficult, so it might just be worth searching online for Bright Lights Big City. Lunchtime Potential The box lists the game as a 30 minute playing time, and I agree with this. The game probably averages a solid half hour. There are those games that will take a little bit longer because a lot of red establishments are in play, then again, a solid string of fours can really end the base game quickly. Machikoro should be a quick hit, well-liked game for you and your group. In summary, Machikoro is one of the first games that I bought when starting my collection. It came after Catan, Carcassonne, and King of Tokyo. It actually might have been the next game that I purchased. The wife and the son and I used to play this game almost every night. For a long stretch of time. I managed a great 12 game winning streak somehow. And it has been played many, many times. And everyone has won their fair share of times. Except me, I've definitely won more than my fair share of times. To be honest though, we have made a few house rules and removed the card members only club from play. Because it's just too devastating and can ruin a game or an entire evening. We also limit the French restaurant to one per person. Because again... It can destroy a player. Forfeiting over 12 or 18 coins when you roll a 5 can just be downright cruel in what would be an otherwise very lighthearted, family-friendly game. At the office, we have had plenty of fun and close games that have come down to just getting the right combination of rolls at the right time. There are many ways to strategize for a win, but the dice are a great equalizer. I've had a lot of luck and fun with this game, and I think you and your group will too. I would advise trying to locate a copy of Bright Lights Big City Edition, though, if you can. If not, any edition will work, just the more parts of the game you have, the better it is. You can reach out to me via Facebook at facebook.com slash eatlunchandboardgame, and as always, feel free to email me at eatlunchandboardgame at gmail.com. And remember, board games build... Bridges. 
Average Joe's Gaming is a weekly podcast brought to you by us. I'm Joe. I'm Tom. We talk about all things game-related. In this hour-long podcast, you'll discover what has arrived in the game room, which Funko Pop Tom just could not resist, and maybe, if you're lucky, we might get around to talking about games. Might. Tune in weekly. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast formats. Stay in tune with all things sports around Indiana and the nation with the Crash Course Podcast. Each week, we tackle the big storylines from the world of the Colts, Pacers, and the Indiana College scene, while also keeping a pulse on the nation. We record live weekly at twitch.tv slash 3cmedia and can be found on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, you can catch the Crash Course Podcast. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.